This is an adult education podcast of Lanier Technical College. If you are a lawful resident of the state of Georgia and are interested in more free lessons to improve your English or prepare for your high school equivalency diploma, such as the GED or HiSET, please visit our website, www.laniertech.edu. Click on Adult Education and follow the instructions. And now for our lesson. Hello, my name is Hallam Pope from Adult Education at Lanier Technical College, and welcome to a special edition of the LTC podcast, where we'll talk about some test-taking skills and strategies that you can use to improve your score on the GED or high school equivalency exam. By the end of this lesson, you'll have a better idea of the different types of questions found in the GED exam. You'll be able to use some tricks to manage your time effectively, and you'll be able to maximize your score based on your own strengths and weaknesses and have a better chance of scoring higher even when you're unsure of the correct answers. Now, why are test-taking skills important, you may wonder? Well, in tests with a time limit, like the GED tests, it's not just what you know that would get you a good score. There are also other important things to consider, like managing your time well, being familiar with the types of questions asked before taking the test, and learning when to skip ahead or come back to a question when it's more difficult, will take a lot of time to answer, or if it's only worth a few points. Like most skills, practice makes perfect. And so the more you have figured out before the day of the real test, the less pressure and stress you might feel, and the more you can focus on scoring as high as possible. All right, so let's get started by taking a look at the types of questions you might find on the GED test. We'll focus on the Reasoning Through Language Arts, or RLA test, which is essentially the GED's English test. Although most of the strategies we'll look at today can be applied to any of the GED tests and other tests in general. In this test, you'll come across three main question types. First is multiple choice, where you'll pick the correct answer out of many options, usually four or five answers. You may also select the answer to a multiple choice question from a drop-down list on the computer version of the test. Another type of question is the fill-in-the-blank, where you'll type an answer into a text box placed inside a sentence or paragraph. You may also drag and drop answers from a list of options into the correct place. Finally, on the RLA test, you'll find a major question type called the extended response, which you'll answer with a short essay that you'll have 45 minutes to plan out and write. This is often one of the trickier parts of the RLA test, and it's often difficult to score points, but it could mean the difference between a passing score or a fail. So it's definitely worth practicing for and attempting if you're confident with the other section, and uh, even if you're not. So, what are some good strategies for managing your time and scoring higher on the GED? You know, without knowing the correct answers. Number one is try to answer every question. If you come across a question that seems a little difficult or that you feel you're spending just a little bit too much time on, don't be afraid to skip it and come back to it later. To make sure you don't lose track of questions you haven't answered, you could also make a note so that you know to come back to it before time's up. Of course, some questions are worth more points than others, so do keep this in mind. 
If a question worth a lot of points is taking a little longer, that's to be expected. But just be careful not to waste too much time on a question you don't know if it's worth just a few points. But don't leave any answers blank, especially if it's a multiple choice question. Always try to make what we call an educated guess through a process of elimination. Rule out any answers you know are not correct. And then if you're running out of time and can't decide between two answers, always try to choose one before time's up. The cliche phrase, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, is actually pretty relevant here. You can't score any points for a question you left blank with no answer, so always guess if you have to. For some fill-in-the-blank questions, you may also be able to make educated guesses. For those of you who watched our homonyms podcast, released way back last year, you may remember how to find the correct words to use in a sentence based on context. For example, we spoke about how the verb record, to record an interview, and the noun record, the kind you spin to play music, can be told apart from each other, based on where they are in a sentence. Before an object in a sentence, it's likely record, the verb, I record a song. If it's the object in a sentence, it's record, the noun, the, the vinyl disc that plays music. I bought a record. Now, here's where this helps you. We can use a similar approach with fill-in-the-blank questions. Some answers simply won't fit in certain blank spaces, and so we can use this to eliminate definitely incorrect answers and find the remaining correct answer or at least make an educated guess. For example, if it looks like a blank space needs to contain a verb, aka a doing word, we know to write in a verb or choose one from the list of possible answers. You can also look for whether you see a or an in front of the blank. If it's an, you'll know the next word should start with a vowel sound. For fill in the blanks, always look for as many context clues as possible. Now for the extended response or essay portion of the RLA test. In this part of the test, you have 45 minutes to read and respond to two stimulus passages which are each around four or five short paragraphs in length, so eight to ten paragraphs total. In your response, you need to analyze the two stimulus passages, decide which passage is best supported, and find relevant examples and evidence in the text to back up your decision. So, what are some strategies to help with the extended response? Well, as always, make sure to read the question and passages carefully. When reading the first time, it may be best to focus on figuring out which argument each author is making in the two passages, and making a note of any evidence with the whiteboard or scratch pad tools. Generally, the passage that is best supported will have more evidence, as well as evidence that is stronger, that is more valid or accurate. You can have a listen to our second podcast on reading skills covering inferences, arguments, and evidence for a little more on this. But in short, strong evidence will come from a source that is trustworthy, like a scientist, researcher, or other subject expert, whose work is likely to have been reviewed for things like accuracy, 
and who has the qualifications and experience to demonstrate their knowledge. Evidence must also be relevant to the argument. If we argue that too much sugar is bad for you, and we include a quote from a chemist explaining how a sugar cube dissolves in coffee, sure, it's related to sugar, but it doesn't help us argue that sugar is bad or even good for you. So this wouldn't be great evidence to use. Look for facts or data that support the author's claim. Back to the RLA test. Out of the two passages, whichever one has more points with stronger evidence is likely the best supported. In general, one side or passage will be much better supported, and this may even be a passage that you totally disagree with. So try to forget what your personal opinions might be while answering the extended response. So what about actually writing your essay? There are many approaches you can take, but remember that the essay instructions ask that you compare the two stimulus passages and choose which is best supported. Here's where text structures come into play. Again, we previously covered this in our first reading podcast on text structures, identification, and understanding. This podcast may also help you prepare for your GED RLA test, so check it out if you have some time. For the RLA extended response, structure is one thing you'll be graded on, so it's a great idea to plan this out so you get it right. Some suggested text structures you could use in your extended response are compare and contrast and pros and cons. A compare and contrast structure will include writing about both passages in each paragraph, looking at the ways they are similar or different. Since you're comparing how well the passages are supported, you could compare similar types of argument, uh, different facts presented by each author, different numbers or statistics, or the types of sources used, i.e. is it trustworthy or not. In this case, in your first paragraph, you might look at the facts used by each author. Are they in line with what you and most others know about the world? Do they make sense? Compare the facts presented in both passages. In your second paragraph, you could compare how well data or charts are used to support each passage. Do the numbers and trends work to support the author's argument? Are they relevant? Could there be other reasons why the data looks the way it does that the authors didn't discuss? Then, in your third paragraph, you could look at the reliability of sources used in each passage. Where is the supporting evidence gathered from? A trustworthy scientific journal or a friend of a friend who might be biased? These three paragraphs make use of a compare and contrast text structure to answer the essay prompt. You could, of course, use a pros and cons structure instead. With this kind, you would focus on one of the passages in each paragraph. First, you might look at all the good points made in one of the passages, and then all of the bad points. Then, in a second paragraph, you might focus on the other passage and look at both the good and bad points made there. Finally, don't forget that essays usually also start with a quick introduction to explain what you will discuss in your essay, as well as a conclusion to wrap it all up and summarize your key points that the reader should take away. 
A good introduction explains what you are going to talk about, including which passage you feel is best supported, and what you think the main arguments are. You would then write your paragraphs comparing the two passages, which we talked about just now, followed by a conclusion. A good conclusion explains to the reader what you expect them to understand from what you've just written. It explains how your essay has answered the question or prompt, and why the main part of your essay helps prove that the passage you chose as best supported was a good choice. Of course, this should be much shorter and with less details than the main part of your essay. Summarize each of your paragraphs in a sentence or two, including only the key details that support your argument, and go over one or two important pieces of evidence that really helped you choose the best supported passage. For most, it's very important to practice this kind of writing within a time limit before you take your official RLA test. This way you'll be more prepared and have a better idea about how to manage your time in those 45 minutes that will fly by. On top of general test-taking skills and specific advice for the RLA test, there are also some more general ways to make sure you perform well on test day. Firstly, get lots of sleep the night before. Go to bed early and try not to stress or study too hard right before. You'll perform better when well rested and having studied every day many days and weeks ahead of time. Try to eat a good breakfast in the morning of your exam. You'll do better on a full stomach. Arrive early for the exam if you can. The last thing you want is the added rush and panic trying to get to the exam hall on time. Read every question carefully. Sometimes test takers are caught off by questions that ask you to choose the answers that do not apply or which are false. Do your best not to lose points simply for missing some important information about the question. If you have time, always check your answers. When you're a little stressed and under pressure from the clock, you probably wouldn't be too surprised to see that you've made some careless mistakes here and there. Checking your work at least once before you turn it in can go a long way towards spotting these sometimes little errors that can make all the difference. Lastly, some test takers do better when they do a brain dump at the beginning of the test. This means that they make a note of any key facts or for maths and science tests, any formulas or mnemonics that won't be provided in the exam. For example, you may want to write down that PEMDAS stands for parentheses, exponents, multiplication, division, addition, and subtraction, right at the beginning. This way, you'll feel less pressure to remember that for later on in the exam, and you can focus on each question as it comes up. What you saved will still be there for you later. Okay, we'll skip our usual Q&A section for this podcast, but here's a quick summary of what we covered today. And hint, this is a bit like the conclusion of an essay. There are three main types of questions on the GED Reasoning Through Language Arts test. These are multiple choice, fill in the blank, and extended response. Regardless of the question type, Never leave a question blank if you have the time. It's always better to make a quick last-minute guess. Even better still is if you can make an educated guess based on what you do know. If you can eliminate two answers in a multiple-choice question that you know are incorrect, 
and there are two remaining possible answers, even making a guess between either will give you a better shot at a correct answer. Similarly, in fill-in-the-blank questions, you can use context clues to help eliminate possible answers and point you towards the right ones. Try to figure out what kind of word would fit. Is it an object, a verb, or doing word? And should it start with a vowel sound like an A or an E, or a consonant like K or T? And watch out for silent H words like honor. Use all the information available to you. Don't be afraid to skip any questions you don't know right away and come back to them later. Answer what you can first to maximize your score. For the extended response, you have 45 minutes to read and respond to two stimulus passages. Read both passages carefully and make a note of each author's argument and the evidence used in support. It doesn't matter which one you agree or disagree with, choose the answer with the most pieces of strong evidence. Look for facts, data, and charts that support the claims made by the author. If the author says something is increasing, is there a graph that also shows an increase? Stronger evidence will also come from trustworthy authority figures and subject experts, like scientists, researchers, and professionals with relevant qualifications and demonstrated experience. Lastly, is the evidence relevant? Is it a good example of what the author is talking about? If yes, the evidence is stronger. Get plenty of sleep before your exam, try to eat a good breakfast, leave plenty of time to arrive at the test location, start to practice and study as soon as possible before the exam, and try to relax. I'm sure you'll do great if you follow steps like these. That's all we have for you today. Uh, my name is Hallam Pope. Thank you for listening to another Lanier Technical College podcast. Best of luck on any upcoming exams, especially any GED RLA tests, and whatever comes your way next. Good luck and goodbye. This concludes the lesson. Please make a note of the time, complete your log sheet, and turn your log in to your instructor at the end of the week. Then complete the follow-up activities assigned by your instructor or in your course module. This podcast has been a production of Lanier Technical College Adult Education.